Chapter Fifteen of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter Fifteen. How long that journey appeared to Miss Pym. It was very hot in the compartment, as all the windows were closed, and in Germany it is really verboten to keep a window open in a railway carriage or a room. A German's objection to fresh air is deep-rooted though he airs his mattresses and pillows for you can see windows everywhere bulging with these when the weather is fine yet you never see man or woman sitting by an open window it was quite late when the train entered the central station of cologne the professor who had taken miss pym under his protection advised her to go to a modest little hotel off the hochstrasse where he usually put up miss pym explained that all her luggage had gone on to berlin and unfortunately her passport was in her trunk the professor said this was terrible as she must show her passport to the police before she could get a permit but said the garrulous vain little professor i will accompany you to the police and herr professor schnupptuk ought to be able to satisfy the authorities being myself so important a personage so leave it all to me miss pym was quite ready to do that of course she could have avoided all police supervision by becoming invisible but that state had its drawbacks for she could then learn nothing by direct questions and it became rather unnerving to be apparently non-existent for a long time the herr professor carried a large canvas valise a rug and an umbrella miss pym begged to be allowed to take the rug the professor was not unwilling and together they walked out of the station a few steps brought them to the wonderful domhof that almost too perfect specimen of gothic architecture its grandeur made miss pym gasp the tops of the great towers were in full moonlight below they were in shadow not so deep however as to obliterate the wonderful embroidery and lace-work of stone ach so you feel the beauty of german art and to think of those english pigs trying to destroy this miracle by bombs but no aeroplanes have threatened cologne or the cathedral said miss pym threatened yes but cologne is guarded look the ever-watchful taubes are circling round even now and as he spoke three aeroplanes wheeled over the great dome and yet you have almost destroyed rheim cathedral a greater masterpiece than the cologne cathedral said miss pym indignantly there you are entirely mistaken it is not to be compared with this glory it belongs to a rude epoch you say we have almost destroyed it that is not so it is intact but had we reduced it to dust that would in no way be regrettable when we have conquered france we can build up a finer edifice ah fraulein wait till you get to berlin there you will learn what german art can do at tiergarten the monument to victory in the Königsplatz, the colossal figures of schlossbrücke more majestic than your swiss mountains they were now in the hochstrasse and turning to the right and farther down to the left in a rather mean street they came to the schwann hotel the professor then began to beam and to play the host here we are gnädige fraulein in a very comfortable rest-house 
he led her into a small passage to a bureau herr miller delighted to find myself once more in the schwan my room it is reserved good and may i ask has my colleague herr professor dummkopf yet arrived good and von papern ah he will come later so and frau miller i hope is well all this was poured out with bows and smiles then remembering miss pym this lady will join our party a very distinguished swiss lady important neutral you will find a room for her herr miller clasped his hands and shook his head alas they were full up quite full this great congress of such momentous importance had filled cologne even great sums of money could not obtain a bed the professor beamed and with the naive vanity of a child looked first at miss pym then at the proprietor and said i speak on the third day then i am afraid i must try elsewhere said miss pym who felt tired and very weary of her companion on no account herr miller you must make room you really must accommodate this lady herr miller had done some rapid calculating and decided if the lady would be willing to pay the price of a first-class room for a very inferior room well it could be arranged the professor hastened to accept for miss pym and added now i must accompany fraulein to the police being a swiss lady she must report herself and off they marched the professor wanted miss pym to take his arm like good camaraden but the word grated on miss pym's ears and the propinquity she objected to but he was a kind little man willing to put himself out for her so she thanked him assured him that she was not tired and since her belongings had been left at the schwan she had nothing to carry but herself the police office had a forbidding aspect a dirty waiting-room crudely and intensely illuminated two old officers at high desks were nodding over ledgers they were told to sit on a bench and wait the professor was as submissive as a lamb and miss pym who at home would have been exceedingly indignant had no choice in the matter after waiting more than half an hour a man in uniform with only one arm and one eye summoned them to the chief's office a cheerless office of the verboten a place of rules orders system and punishment the chief a haggard man bald with long wisps of yellow-gray hair and a long melancholy moustache sat hunched up over some papers he was numbering miss pym noted his remarkably long fingers which were also quite remarkably dirty the professor evidently rather nervous spoke rapidly for miss pym and explained the absence of passport the policeman straightened himself and looked severely at miss pym who are you he asked abruptly miss pym repeated her story she came from berne her name was arnault she was going to berlin etc well you cannot move without your passport i'll telegraph to the station at berlin for your luggage and you should properly speaking spend the night here in a cell but you have an honourable citizen a good german to speak on your behalf so you may go to the schwan but you must report yourself twice a day here till your passport arrives be here to-morrow morning at ten here is a permit for the night properly stamped one mark miss pym paid in silence she felt rather sorry for the professor 
as she knew that she must disappear the next morning and the police in that case would certainly make it unpleasant for schnufftuck all the way back to the hotel the professor held forth on the expected supper wondering what frau miller had in store for them beer alas had become very poor stuff but the proprietor had a fine collection of old rhine wines strong and yet soft as milk and honey the professor smacked his lips as he counted on his fat fingers his favourite wines we shall have great connoisseurs dining with us dr pophern is professor of theology at berlin his paper on a german piece should prove interesting and herr professor dumkoff he is a great biblical scholar and doctor of oriental languages at Göttingen. you have been fortunate to meet such distinguished men as myself and colleagues when they reached the schwan there was much bustle and noise all the travellers had arrived very hungry germans miss pym was rather taken aback when shown her room it was nothing but a big cupboard in frau miller's bedroom the door had a glass top held open by a cord i am sorry that we have no better room said the stout proprietress it is gretchen's room our maid-servant but as soon as herr miller has left in the morning you can come in here to dress miss pym found her bags on the bed there was no room for a table war is war she sighed and after smoothing her hair and washing her face and hands in what appeared a small dish of water on a chair she descended to the speisesaal or eating-room it was easy to find the round of cheers which welcomed the steaming soup tureen brought in by herr miller was a sufficient guide professor schnupftuck had reserved a seat for miss pym beside him her other neighbour was a strange-looking individual with an immense head and deep overhanging brows his eyes had the melancholy restlessness of the chimpanzee his mouth was large the crooked mouth of an orator he wore a frock-coat considerably the worse for wear a crumpled shirt-front with a frill and a loose red tie his age anything between thirty-five and fifty schnufftuck introduced him as my distinguished colleague herr dr friedrich koitzik journalist and social reformer when miss pym was seated she looked along the table at the guests german professors and merchants with their wives worthy people possibly but quite distressingly plain nowhere in england would such a collection have been possible the women seemed uglier than the men but that may have been because of their clothing and the way their heads were attired miss pym felt quite shocked to find herself in such company and these creatures she thought are representatives of the intellect of germany they were all eating their soup with dreadful inhaling sounds a plate was put before her some kind of hotchpotch of barley carrots and again that doubtful fish she had smelt at the aachen station buffet miss pym hesitated she feared ptomaine poisoning she was hungry and therefore tried and retried to swallow it but all in vain dr koitzik observed her with a grin oh you'll come to it by and by if you remain in germany then dexterously changing plates with her he made short work of the mess saying it is a pity to waste eatable food because i assure you 
we get plenty which is quite uneatable and what are you doing in our country he asked his yellow monkey eyes darting furtive glances first at her and then at the others come to spy out the poverty of the land miss pym coloured up no don't blush see all you can and publish it over the world you cannot say anything as bad as i want to say but my paper has long been suppressed i call it the probe i am here to raise my voice at the congress but i shall be howled down silly dupes and wicked knaves there you have the whole german nation ticketed miss pym looked the embarrassment she felt the monkey-faced man seemed amused he was now quite happy and confidential how completely we have dished ourselves this war was to make us masters of the world we have dreamt of war planned war glorified war preached war then made war and poof the toadstool has burst but it is only through ruin germany will recover her senses is it not so and it is through war you english will find your senses eh you agree himmel what fools you were before august nineteen fourteen miss pym edged away from this extraordinary german you do not like my saying you are english as though you could hide it these people see nothing of course they are intent on food and the preparation of speeches and addresses ha ha of course you are english you are not young you are not handsome but you are sane and courageous and and clean and we are none of these things just now i don't ask you to commit yourself give yourself away as the english call it oh you english i could like you if i were not so damned envious of you you will be taken up all germans are not so stupid as the professors you will certainly be taken up and they will shoot you with enjoyment we like shooting women and children it is our specialty and at the same time we talk of our love of humanity our tenderness and chivalry ha ha miss pym asked him why he was not fighting because through infantile paralysis i have one leg much shorter and weaker than the other one leg would carry me to the front the other would run away i would call kamerad and mean it i like the english the quality of their stupidity is pleasing to me what an article i could write on the different brands of stupidity of different nations no i am not yet up to the mark as a fighter but i dare say when we have got through our supply of little boys we shall call up the halt and the blind no you were not going to refuse blutwurst these sausages are a specialty here and quite delicatessen so miss pym reluctantly tackled a black sausage and found it possible professor schnupptuk now plied her with pale golden wine and tried to draw her into an argument with the other professors but they were so venomous about england that she could not speak the professor's wives also were silent it is doubtful whether they were listening to their liege lords they were probably considering the quality and cost of the food their countenances were somewhat expressionless though they wore a settled look of anxiety for the problem of living was becoming harder day by day miss pym noticed less submission than she had expected 
when professor dummkopf was strafing england most vehemently and boasting of german victories frau professor dummkopf violently shook her broad shoulders and exclaimed ach i am sick to death of such talk what we want is peace any peace a french peace an english peace anything is better than this war my little sweet one said the professor you do not understand this war was an obligation a natural perspiration of the great german nation whereby we throw off the fever we become healthy we march against all the nations of the world they must become german or be killed we will germanize the world frau dummkopf again shrugged her ample shoulders and attacked a big stew those mysterious soups and stews fairly sickened miss pym and it was not a pretty sight watching the intellectuals gorging miss pym recalled descriptions of dahomeyans starving for a week in order the better to enjoy a banquet of roasted ox she wondered whether these people had actually refrained from food knowing they would eat amply at cologne suddenly the proprietor approached professor schnupptuk and whispered something in his ear miss pym thought it must be a police denunciation but her neighbour's beaming countenance reassured her the professor half rose from his chair and looked at all the ugly careworn faces with a benevolent smile ah breathed miss pym momentarily closing her eyes he is going to announce a german victory no no said dr koitzik victories are announced daily and no one believes in them our friend has something far more important than a german victory to tell us about old schnupptuk's face was a study the look of radiance the half-closed eyes the tongue passed to and fro over his thick lips ladies and gentlemen herr miller has just told me that he is going to bring in a roast goose the roars of the applause were deafening hock hock was repeated all along the table fill your glasses shouted schnupftuk everyone stood now drink to the goose and each guest clinked glasses with his neighbour some shouting the goose others the kaiser when the proprietor entered holding high the dish containing the goose one good lady in a plaid merino dress with short puffed sleeves burst into tears miss pym asked dr kreutzik in a low voice are they starving underfed no doubt but the good woman has had too much rhine wine it is very heady for all its apparent mildness miss pym felt really shocked you might have been a russian or you might have been a prussian but you chose to be an english woman said her monkey-faced neighbour yes thank god sighed miss pym ah an avowal at last said the socialist with a twist of the face intended for a smile again miss pym blushed what a poor conspirator she made End of chapter 15